I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This podcast is made possible by our supporters over on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get your own RSS feed with ad-free shows and extra episodes every month, then head over to patreon.com slash Retro. And we're back for another episode of the Nerd Cave Retro Show. My name is Jason Robbins. And my name is Derek Diamond. So how are you feeling about the uh, the spooky season is in full effect? Is, are, are you feeling it? I am, actually. And, and the weather has been... It's been so nice. it's getting It's been getting better. <laughs> actually, about... Um, about 30 minutes before we did the show, I went out for, for a walk because I'm I'm trying to get back in shape because I've let myself get very, <laughs> Don't very even out get of shape. Don't get me started. Don't get me started on that. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm going to start running again, but I'm walking first to kind of get myself more acclimated. Yeah. And the weather was just perfect. Oh. You know, like the, the days are getting a little shorter. The air is just a little more crisp. Yes. It, it was perfect. There wasn't a cloud in the sky. There's a nice, like, very gentle breeze. Oh, it was yeah. like it was perfect, perfect walking conditions. But Good. yeah, I've been watching uh, quite a few uh, horror films, getting ready for Halloween Ends, which actually comes out this week. And it, it's crazy because it almost doesn't feel like it should be coming out, but here we are. Oh yeah, the, the weather's so nice. I don't even have the air condition on right now. Remember last week? When my air conditioner was broken and it was like ninety five degrees outside. No, it's uh it's a nice like seventy seventy two outside right now. I don't even have the air on, I just have the fans. It's nice. Nice fall weather. Yeah, it's the same with us and it I, I got my power bill for this month and I it's considerably cheaper than it was during the summer. So I'm just is. like that's a that's a nice little moral victory. We got Joey image in the chat room and uh he picked up his Halloween ends tickets. 
last week. Sweet. And uh, I got to get my tickets because I'm ready. I'm so ready for that. Yep, we're going uh, Thursday at, I think it's 8 o'clock is when we're going. So I'm I'm really excited for it. You know, I've been watching all the old ones just because I've, like, I'd seen Halloween 1 and 2, but mm. not, like, the, even though I know they're not technically canon anymore, I still wanted to watch them. Well, 1 is, but 2 is not. Yeah, and I can see why they're not. <laughs> <laughs> they they have their moments, but they, they none of them hold a candle to the original. Oh, yeah. I uh, I watched the new Hellraiser Saturday night. Is that any good? <sighs> I it's watchable, but it it didn't really do much for me, and I don't I don't know why. It, it just something about it just seemed very. Uh, there just weren't very many like like likable characters, and. I, I, I didn't really care about anybody <laughs> in there. It was just kind of like, it, I mean, it was cool. Don't get me wrong. It's cool. It's watch. It's worth watching. But if you're a fan of the originals, you might be a little disappointed, which I kind of was. But it's it's okay. I don't want to say it's bad. It's just it's okay. It's like, because I've been asking people about it. It's like every person who says that they like it, the next person I ask says that they didn't. Yeah. So it's been very, very mixed. So <laughs> Joey, I'm, I'm going to watch it at some point. Joey has a question for us. As filmmakers, uh, he says, how do they release movies the day before release like that? Official release is Friday. I mean, they've been kind of doing that for, what, at least about 10 years now. Because they used to do the midnight release mm-hmm. um, the night before. But they stopped doing midnight releases and just started releasing it the the evening before. And I don't know what the the catalyst was for that. It just sort of just overnight just kind of happened. Yeah. Well, that I too. Think it, <laughs> I think it's just. I think it's purely money. The crazy thing is, is I feel like it's getting even earlier now. So like with Halloween ends, there's a five o'clock showing here, mm-hmm. which is kind of crazy to me because that's when a lot of people get off work. And for midnight showings, too, you know, a theater has to stay open. You know, theaters normally close regularly around, what, 11? Like when the last mm-hmm. movie lets out and then the, they're done for the night. If you stay open for a 12 o'clock show, that means you've got to keep the theater open. you got to keep people on the payroll. you got to keep the lights on. I mean, it's not cheap to keep a movie theater running uh, until 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. So I would imagine that had a lot to do with it, too. I think so. I midnight releases were fun, but at the same time, I don't miss them because I, I, well, because I, I still lived with my parents when, you know, those stopped. So I wouldn't get home until like four in the morning. The last midnight showing I went to, I believe was dark night rises. And I got home a little after 4am. Yeah. I don't remember what the last midnight release was that I went to because I'm with you. The two things I don't miss I don't miss midnight releases, and I don't miss um, unassigned seating. Like now that I don't have to get to the theater until thirty seconds before the movie starts, is the greatest thing that has ever happened to movie theaters. Oh, one hundred percent. Didn't they do that just for select movies at first, and then they made it like just a, a thing now? Mm-hmm. Because I, I remember when that first started, I was like, this is brilliant because you can pick what seats you want. And like you said, you don't have to get to the theater like an hour or so. Because I remember even for Force Awakens, 
having to wait in line yeah you know that like that night because mm-hmm. i had to wait in line for like five or six hours before the movie even started so that we would get a good seat i, um, so joey, I don't miss that at all joey says that uh he worked in a video store once and he broke the street date and put a movie out early once braveheart and the store got fined five thousand dollars wow i bet the do you remember um it wasn't K, it was a drugstore, but I th- think it might have been K&B drugstores way back in the day. Do you remember K&B drugstores? Did you have those where you were? Um, I remember when episode one was released, being released on VHS, and I had gone to the drugstore for something, and this was like a good three to four days before it was due to be released on video videotape. And I'm talking like these were the VHS days, like, you know, back in 2000, like VHS and DVD. Well, I walked in the the drugstore and it was like three or four days before it was to be released. And they had a display up of full of VHSs for episode one. And I was like flabbergasted. And I was like, are y'all selling these? And the guy was like, yeah, they're they're for sale. I was like. Okay, so I bought my copy and I called on my friends. I was like, hey, dude, I got episode one on VHS. And everybody came over that night and we watched it at the apartment. That's crazy. I I bet they got I mean, I was, I was, Oh, I bet they did too. I, I was a little, like, I remember VHS days, but, like, I, I was still a little young for remembering, like, when stuff was released before it was supposed to. I, I don't doubt that it happened, though. And I think I might have even had it pre-ordered at Blockbuster. You know, you put, like, $5 down and you get it pre-ordered. I think I went to Blockbuster. I was like, ah, I don't need that anymore. <laughs> uh, Episode one. And I, I, I kind of miss the VHS days. I do, too. Why? That's why I'm getting back into VHS, man. I collect VHS is so easy to collect these days. It's crazy. I've still got, they're at my parents' house, but my uncle gave me, he used to tape all the old um, WCW and WWF pay-per-views from like the mid to late 90s. So I've got them all like unedited, unaltered, all of it. I have a very complex way of watching that old uh, wrestling stuff these days. (coughs) So Uh, I hear. A close friend of mine (laughs) has a very perplexing way of of getting Uh, that stuff. You, you took my pun. <laughs> I was about to say that. <laughs> uh, but I'm ready to go into the news. How about you? Uh, we've got a couple of good things to talk yeah, about. Yeah, let's, let's do it. Some of today's stories were submitted to us by I Am The Rampage and Armez Jackson. And if you have a story you'd like us to cover, send them to nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. And this first story is from GameInformer.com. The, uh, Garbage Pail Kids, Mad Mike, and the Quest for Stale Gum. Uh, 1985 c- contains so many cultural touchstones. Uh, let's see. It was the debut of the NES. Garbage Pail Kids also debuted in 1985. It was a trading card card series that mixed the cuteness of the hit Cabbage Patch Kid dolls with outrageous, funny, and compelling grossness. And you know what's crazy? The Garbage Pail Kids were only around for like three years. Garbage Pail Kids have been around for like 35. That's crazy. Or 37 now. That's wow. Mm -hmm. Um, 
this the cards were such a hit that creator tops produced 15 series in the pan, in the span of three years they licensed it out for toys school no, toys school notebooks and folders inflatable punching bags you name it um, this kind of white hot, hot success would normally lead to an NES game as the next logical step but several factors got in the way um, and they but they did make a movie did you ever see the garbage pail kids the movie I did not but I know of it it's terrible. We should do a uh, a commentary for it. Sure. You know I love the terrible movie ones. <laughs> let's see. This is a long uh, thing. I'm trying to get to where we're talking about. Uh, let's see. Uh, Tim Hartman and Greg Caldwell have been best friends since third grade. They connected over a shared love of NES games, Garbage Pail Kids, and other 80s t- cultural touchstones. Uh, and in their adult lives, they found themselves longing for an era of games that just weren't made any for. They found a homebrew community where people were making new NES games in the same style and limitations of the original hardware. It wasn't long before they wanted in. Let's see, it says, for them, the cartridge comes first. This is where we got our start in game dev. We never made a game before. We made an NES game that's always been paramount for us. Uh, they pulled together a small team uh, under the name Retrotainment to create Haunted Halloween 85, which I will be reviewing uh, next week. Uh, spooky Action Platformer, which is uh, on the Switch you can get right now. Uh, let's see. The 2015 release was followed by a subsequent year by Haunted Halloween 86. I didn't know they made a, a sequel to it. Let's see. Either. They started thinking of favorite childhood things, Garbage Pail Kids. And uh, let's see. They worked their way through contracts at licensor tops and eventually convinced the executives to give them a shot. Retrotainment brought this up with partners I Am 8-Bit, which recently announced it was getting into game publishing. The company was immediately on board. When Garbage Pail Kids came up in conversation, it felt so great to all of us. It was like, yeah, why wasn't there a game? So they And they show a lot of pictures of the gameplay here. And um, let's see. Yeah, let's see. Can you contribute? No, I don't think so. I thought maybe there was a uh, Patreon or something for it. Let's see. Mad Mike and the Quest for the Stale Gum begins directly after the events of GPK Mad Mike Fury Load, a series of shorts written by Adam F. Goldberg set in a post-apocalyptic world. The titular character saved the day, and now all he wants is his favorite stale gum. Unfortunately, the factory run by Brainy Janie only makes fresh gum, so he'll have to travel through time and space with his three friends on a high-tech toilet to collect the ingredients to make it properly stale. I want to play this right now. <laughs> I'm intrigued just by the title alone, because like, what's what's the motivation for stale gum? I and I kind of want to find out. <laughs> it says uh, it will come to PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC on October 25th. It will also arrive on NES via a special cartridge release sometime in the first quarter of 2023. And it shows the box and the NES cart, and it's kind of, they have a pink one and a bait, like a kind of a aqua blue colored cart. And oh my God, I'm so in for this. It, it looks like, like bubblicious gum. It does. Is what I think of, like, <laughs> like the color scheme and everything. Yeah, it, it looks pretty cool. Like I, I would be, I'd be interested in trying this. Were you into Garbage Pail Kids as a, as a kid? Mm-mm. Dude, I I, I, I knew of it, but it. I never got into it. Me and my friends were all about Garbage Pail Kids, and we weren't supposed to have them because our parents didn't want us to have them, but we'd sneak and buy buy them behind our parents' backs, and we'd trade them at school. We'd put them all over our 
uh, trapper keepers and everything else. And like, dude, garbage pail kids was straight up currency when I was in elementary school. And there were certain ones you just had to have, dude. It was an entire phenomenon when I was a kid. And this makes me so happy. And I, I have to get the NES cart for this. I just, I can't not get the NES cart for this. I see also there's a link to a Garbage Pail Kids documentary. So that that might be interesting, especially as someone that doesn't really know a lot about Garbage Pail Kids to uh, to check out. But yeah, it's cool that they're doing the, this physical release because I, I like the box art. It, it looks like, you know, a knockoff of a movie poster. I love the color scheme. It's very 1980s. So I, I could see why a fan would want one. Let me go real quick while I'm thinking about it. And uh, if we start running late, we can cut some stuff. But I just want to look up Garbage yeah. Pale Kids on Just Watch. All right, Garbage Pale Kids, the movie is available uh, to stream. It is not streaming anywhere. Not even for purchase on Prime? Nope, nothing. Oh boy. <laughs> I knew I I ran across a DVD of it at the flea market. I knew I should have grabbed it, but got but the guy was asking too much for it. Hmm. Oh, and that's something I didn't want to bring up too. I was at the flea market the other day and I found this booth. This guy had all this cool stuff. He had the Garbage Pail Kids movie on DVD, but he was asking way too much for everything. Oh, uh yeah, Joey, uh, there might be a complex way uh, to to watch uh, Garbage Pill Kids, the movie. Um, but yeah, he had that on DVD. He was asking too much for it. And then he, I bought um, uh, a Nintendo game. I forgot which one. I'm, Robo Warrior. I bought Robo Warrior for, for five bucks from him, which is a good price for that NES game. And uh, he mentioned that he had just picked up a copy of Little Samson. And I was like, well, do you have it on you? And he, he did. He was in his car. He got it. He let me hold it. I looked at it. I fell in love with it, but he didn't want anything less than two grand for it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I offered him 20 and he said no. Yeah, because people clearly just have, you know, two grand laying yeah. around that Who they can brings just two like here. grand to the flea market. Are you stoned? <laughs> Do you prefer cash? <laughs> I'll give you my car. That's, that's worth about two thousand dollars. How much did he want for the Garbage Pail Kids movie? Uh, it was like twenty five bucks for the for the DVD. Surprised he didn't say fifteen hundred. Let, let, let me just uh, real quick. I'm gonna go to eBay. I'm just gonna look up the DVD price real quick. Garbage Pail Kids DVD. Uh, right now you can get it for uh, about thirteen bucks on uh, on eBay. That's about what I would expect. Yeah, they run between eleven and thirteen dollars. So uh, that's not bad. I'm glad I didn't pick it up. I could just get it here. Buy it now for thirteen oh three. Free shipping. And apparently they have a <sighs> bunch of them because it says twenty seven sold. So apparently this place has a lot of them. <clears throat> walk in and they sell nothing but garbage yeah. pail kids to movie. <laughs> That's my kind of store. Copies as far as the eye can see. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Our next story comes to us from NintendoLife.com. Activision might be teasing a new Crash Bandicoot game. 
Uh, there could there have been rumors circulating for some time now about Crash Bandicoot getting a new multiplayer game, and it seems the reveal might finally be on the way. Activision has been sending out pizza box shaped packages to influencers such as YouTuber Canadian Guy A. I love that name yeah. <laughs> to announce the release of Crash Bandicoot Four. It's about time on Steam this month, and there's the following line attached at the bottom of a fake receipt: "Hungry for more? Try out our new Wumpa Pizza for twelve dollars and eight cents." which also translates to December 8th. Mm. As you might recall, Wumpa League is the game that has been previously rumored, but has also been described by some sources as something similar to a four-player brawler almost, but crash-oriented. So uh, this is interesting because I I was curious, you know, when Crash Bandicoot 4 was released, if it would lead to more games coming out. If this is a brawler, my response would be, why didn't you just put Crash and Smash Brothers? Yeah, I don't understand. If you're I... gonna do a brawler like that, the Smash Brothers is just the, the they're they're you're, the gorilla not gonna, in the room. You're not gonna top it. Yeah, you're not. There's physically no way to top Smash Brothers. No, because I was convinced when they were teasing like the final character announcement, I was like, okay, it has to be Crash Bandicoot, and it was Sora from Kingdom Hearts, which is not bad. I'm not complaining about that at all. But I feel like you could have done a really cool announcement video to put like him mm-hmm. with Mario and Sonic in, like at the same time together for yeah. the first time. Like that would have been really cool, especially for you know gamers like me who grew up in the '90s, being a fan of all three of those franchises. I I just don't think a brawler is the right way to go. I mean, maybe mm. do. A, a fifth platformer and maybe add like a new element to it or if you wanted to do a sequel to crash team racing i'd be okay with that but i i just don't think a brawler is the right way to go if you're going to do another crash game. yeah i don't either i mean when you've got smash brothers out there in the world just that's the gorilla in the room nobody's gonna top it why would you even try like crash bandicoot is not that major of a character anymore but he would be perfect in smash brothers so i don't know i guess we'll see I think they're overestimating Crash's relevancy. Like, yeah. <laughs> if they had done it, if they had done it in the late '90s, around the same time as Smash Brothers, and say like Sony did their own version of it, that would have been something. Yeah, but I think it's too little, too late to do a Crash theme because it, you have enough characters, but you're not going to have an extensive roster. Yeah, like who you would might you have, have like sixteen. You have like sixteen fighters at the most and you look at like the last smash brothers game literally had every character that's ever been in a smash brothers game yeah it's like they they hit the plateau like you're not gonna beat it so why even attempt it i don't know hopefully it's just another regular platformer but we'll see yeah i don't know uh this next story is from nintendoeverything.com the Tourist and Fast RMX are getting physical releases on the Twitch. Super Rare Games, in partnership with Shinnin, today announced plans to offer physical versions of the Tourist and Fast RMX on Switch. Both will be limited to 6,000 units and will be available as standard and steelbook editions, and all copies come with the current content on their cart, a full-color manual, interior artwork, and extensive sticker, an exclusive sticker, and trading cards. Um, so I don't know if you've played either of these, uh, discover about tourists, uh, discover exotic islands and explore ancient monuments in this relaxing action adventure exploration game. And then fast RMX is a fast 
racing game, uh, jump into the driver's seat of your very own anti-gravity vehicle and put your skills to the test in high-octane competitions with 36 exciting tracks to discover. Uh, see, physical versions are, will, pre-orders will begin on October 13th um, in Europe through Super Rare Games, copy ship shortly after release. So I don't know if this is coming to America, but this is definitely uh, for our UK listeners and Europe listeners. Uh, if you want to get these, they are available on the 13th. Yeah, the tourist sounds kind of interesting. That's more my speed than than the racing game. As I mentioned, I'm, like, I don't dislike racing games. They're just not really my forte outside of Mario Kart. But I, I'd be, if this comes to America, I'd be interested in finding out more about the tourist game. I, I honestly, I was kind of the other way around. I, I, I saw the anti-gravity vehicle, and the first thing I thought was, it's probably the closest thing we're going to get to F-Zero, so I might as well play true. that. Very true. I, I I think it'll come to America at some point. It I don't know when, but I, I would think it would. From NintendoLife.com, Voice of Mario, Charles Martinet thanks fans for all the love and kindness. It's been a huge week for Super Mario, with Illumination and Nintendo giving the world its very first look at the Super Mario Brothers movie, which we'll talk about here in a few minutes. Although the longtime video game voice of Mario, Charles Martinet, isn't leading this project, he hasn't been forgotten about. Fellow voice actor Tara Strong, who most most people will know uh, was the voice of Miss Bennett's in the Loki series, she uh, called out on social media to show him some love. Uh, she said, hey, Twitter friends, I happen to know a certain Earth angel who could use some love tonight. Have a story about Charles Martinet. Ever met him at a con? Share in this thread, pretty please. I love him so much that now we insist on being next to each other at all cons. And of course, there was a huge outpouring of fans showing pictures that they took of him at various conventions. So I this was really cool. You know, yeah. it's it's unfortunate that he's not the voice of Mario in the movie after being the voice of the character now for you know, what seems like forever. 32 years, I think. Yeah. And that really, yeah, and su- that's really, I, 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 I know we like to keep this show PG, but that's a really shitty thing. Nintendo did was not let him voice Mario for the movie. I get it. You want Chris Pratt for the, the recognition, but, that was a bad call, man. <laughs> that was just a bad call. Unfortunately, it's it has to do with the name, and it's like, and nobody's gonna go, go who doesn't know who Mario is. They're not gonna go see that movie just because Chris Pratt's in it. You would do just as much business if it was Charles Martinet doing the voice and not Chris Pratt. The only thing you're gonna do is make people angry that Charles Martinet is not the voice. What were you thinking, well, Nintendo? What's even worse is that Charles Martinet is voicing other characters, but not Mario. That's, uh, I mean, he's the, uh, he is Mario. And the, the thing is, like, it, and I, I'm not discrediting anything that he's done, but th- this is my take on it. Since since Super Mario 64, we haven't really heard Mario give extensive dialogue. He's had one-liners and catchphrases. However, you as... And I'm not sure who's directing the movie. But that's when you can say, yeah, bring that to the character. But 
maybe like tone it down just a bit mm -hmm. so it doesn't sound so over the top. Yeah. But but he can still be the voice and he's a talented enough voice actor that he can be directed. He's still directed yeah. when he's the voice of Mario for the game. So I money talks too much <laughs> in Hollywood to be perfectly honest. Yeah. And I, I still I, I watched the trailer. Well actually let's yeah, let's go ahead and talk about the trailer. Yeah, this next story, of course, from CNET.com. Super Mario Brothers movie trailer debuts. Here, Chris Pratt and Jack Black. Uh, and it just goes... I mean, we already know the trailer dropped the other day. Everybody here listening to this has probably seen it. I was very impressed with um, Jack Black as Bowser. You can't really tell that it's Jack Black because his voice is so modulated, but you can tell it's him because of his inflections, if that makes any sense. But... He sounds great as 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 Bowser. Sounds awesome. Uh, who was who is it that's playing uh, Toad? Is that um, Keegan Michael Key? Keegan Michael Key. From Key they've got Key. his voice very modulated. You can very you can barely tell that it's him. But when it comes to Mario, it just sounds like Chris Pratt to me. Sounds like Star Lord. Sounds like you know, it just it's Chris Pratt doing. His voice as Mario, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to get past that. Yeah, I, I I agree with you about the trailer. I think visually it looks great. I was immediately blown away with Jack Black as Bowser, and I think they actually did a great job of making Bowser seem like a threat because he's been portrayed as comedic in a lot of things, like even some of the Mario games. If you go back to the Mario Brothers Super Show cartoon... Bowser was never really a threat, even though he's this fire-breathing dragon. <laughs> but visually, like when he spews the fire out and like destroys that that castle in the Ice <laughs> Kingdom, was awesome. And like I, I loved it. They, I think, by design, didn't have Mario speak all that much because they they have to know mm. that there's going to be a lot of criticism about Chris Pratt. To play a little bit of devil's advocate, and we'll have to hear more to see if I'm right about this, but something that people forget about Mario is that he's a plumber from Brooklyn yeah. that happens to fall into the Mushroom Kingdom. That has been kind of lost on really this whole generation of Mario fans mm -hmm. because it's never really been portrayed like he's been in the Mushroom Kingdom for forever. I think that's the route that they're going because what little we did here, there was almost like a little bit of a, I won't say a great one, but a New York style accent. So I think they're going to portray that, which but I like. Chris Pratt doesn't have a New York accent. Exactly. <laughs> it doesn't sound like I, he's putting on an accent. It, yeah, it's, we're going to have to hear more, but I, I think they know that this is not a good decision. I mean, I, I'm with you. I'm just holding out. I'm I'm holding my my reservations. I don't want to say anything bad or or good. I just don't know. But the, what little I heard, I'm like that just doesn't. It just sounds like Chris Pratt. <sighs> yeah, it just sounds like Chris Pratt. Like it's just his voice. Like he's not putting on an inflection. He's not putting on a Brooklyn accent. He's not doing, you know, it's a me. Like, he's not doing any of that. He's just talking like I am right now. Like, hey, I'm Mario. Let's go to the, 
Let's go to the Mushroom Kingdom. And it's kind of like, I don't know if I'd really like that too much. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. I was a little disappointed we didn't get any Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong. I was just about to say that um, they do have Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong, which I think is pretty good, and I'm mm-hmm. really excited to hear what, how he's going to put on a voice for Donkey Kong. I mean, I'm not going to blow smoke and say that because of Chris Pratt, I'm not going to go see the movie. Of course, I'm going to go see the movie. I just, I'm, I'm trying to be optimistic about it and be a little bit of a devil's advocate and like, maybe it won't be so bad, but I, I we need a full trailer. Cause this was more of a teaser. We need a full trailer where we have exchanges of dialogue with Mario and peach with Mario and Luigi Mario with donkey Kong. You're going to have to do it eventually because he's the title character. It's called the Mario yeah. brothers movie. <laughs> you can't hide from it forever. Uh, Joey said in the chat room that he read somewhere in a Twitter article uh, that Martinez said he and his voice couldn't handle doing the voice for that long to record it. But that's what we're, what Derek was saying a minute ago. So what we're saying is if he did do it, you know, rein it back in a little bit, still give it those Mario-isms like the, it, it's a me, like, let's go, like when it, where he's like ready to do something, but when he's just talking, you know, doing kind of like the Mario voice, but do it, you know, like more of a Brooklyn accent to it. But, you know, yeah. Martinez could more than handle that. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's it's just I, unfortunate I that he's not that he's not doing it. I was hoping that he would, but uh, Hollywood's stupid sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see what happens. It's gonna be tough for them to top the Sonic movie. Yeah, I'm just saying that. But uh, but we're we're running a little bit long tonight, so we're gonna skip this month in video game history until next week. And uh, before we go into the review tonight. We um we like to do a little thing called Patreon shout out shout outs and Derek would you like to do the honors? As always, we like to shout out our awesome patrons over at Patreon.com/slash/NerdCaveRetro. We want to shout out Daniel Salmon, Tyler Watson, Axblade07, Armis Jackson, Carlos Longoria, better known as I Am the Rampage, Rampage. Staff Sergeant Sketch, Gus and Penny, Matthew Salmon. Mike Eveland, Jennifer Eveland, Joey Image, and Donna Diamond. Thank you all so much for your continued contributions and keeping the lights on for us here at the show. If you want to sign up for our Patreon, you get early access to our awesome commentary tracks that we do every month. Much like, you know, we've 
recently did an episode of Cobra Kai. We've done uh, animated shows like Gargoyles, Batman the Animated Series, DuckTales, Chippendale Rescue Rangers, full movies like Transformers the Movie. Oh, and with Joey in the chat room, we got to figure out when we're going to do our commentary for this month, the Halloween commentary. Yes, we'll 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 talk off air about that. Yeah, because we we definitely need to set that up because we're already about halfway through yeah. the month. Uh, but yeah, we've done all kinds of cool commentary tracks, and also you get access to the uh, Nerd Cave Retro News Dump show that it you is. and Mr. Wally Phelps host. And uh, if you want to get access to that, where you want to, you you like you you guys love Wally. He's on all the commentary tracks. You know, everybody loves our our fact checker. Mr. Wally Phelps. So go go give us a buck. As little as a dollar a month gets you access to those extra shows that we do. The the news dump and, and all that. The commentary track. So go over there and support us. You want to support us, don't you? I wish I was half as popular as Wally. <laughs> hey, and before we go into the review, I did want to show this. I teased this a couple weeks ago on Twitter. I picked up a copy of Street Fighter the movie on VHS. It's a damn near mint copy of this this movie it's not uh sealed or anything but it is perfect and i want to give this to one of our listeners so i'm gonna i need we need to come up with a good uh a good contest to do what do you think would be a good uh, we could talk about it this week and we can uh do the contest next week but if you guys have a good contest that we could do shoot it to us at uh, nerdcaveretro at gmail.com or tweet at us what you think would be a good contest. And one lucky one lucky listener of this show is going to get Street Fighter on VHS. The smoking jacket is not included. Yeah, no smoking jackets. <laughs> but, you have to find that on your own. But, uh, but yeah, and uh, so let us know what you think, what kind of contest we should do. We want to tell you all about our friends over at videogamesmonthly.com. If you're looking for a way to beef up your video game collection, then they have you covered. Just head over there, pick the box you want, and tell them what systems you want games for, and boom! It's like Christmas every single month. So if you're looking for that perfect gift for a loved one, or just treating yourself every single month, and I mean, hey, you deserve it. Just head over to VideoGamesMonthly.com and enter NCR in the Where Did You Hear About Us line at checkout, and you will get a free game in your first month's box. That's right, an extra game, absolutely free. So head over to VideoGamesMonthly.com. Are you a coffee lover? Do you sometimes need that little extra boost for some all-night gaming sessions? Well, you should head over to BeResCoffeeCo.com. They have so many different flavors of coffee. doesn't matter what type of coffee you like. They got you covered. Try the Good for Gaming Roast or the Two Hardies One Ship, which is a rum and dark chocolate flavored roast. Not to mention, they keep their seasonal flavors all year long, like the Fall Spice or the Sweet Tooth. They can even add flavors to your coffee. So whatever you need, head over to BeResCoffeeCo.com and use the code NCR for 10% off of your order. And tonight, Mr. Derek will be talking about...
I could listen to the Castlevania soundtrack all day. I was going to say, if you just want to play that for the rest of the episode, <laughs> I'd be could. perfectly okay with it. Yeah, the soundtrack was great. One of one of my favorite parts about the game. So when we started this show back in the summer of 2016, there were a select group of franchises that I was like, you know what? I'm sure Jason will talk about them. We'll talk about them in the news, mm -hmm. but I'll probably never review one of these games. But here we are, almost 300 episodes later, mm -hmm. and I will be reviewing the original Castlevania, which, as you know, was released uh, by Konami for the NES in Japan uh, in September of 1986, September 26th, to be exact. I was, let's see, I was a month and eight days old <laughs> when this game was released. Wow. Yeah, so um, where to start with this game? So I, when you had the idea for it, you know, because I've been tossing a few ideas back and forth on what to review for, for October. And I was actually really excited to really dive into this game because I've played it off and on. I played the sequels as well. But I haven't really sat down for a couple of hours to try and play it. I know you're a huge fan. You've been a huge fan, you know, as long as you can remember. You introduced me to it, which then, you know, they launched the animated series a few years ago. And one of the few NES games I can actually finish uh, pretty consistently these days. Yeah, so I, I was really excited to to sit down and play this game and maybe offer a little bit of a different perspective because I didn't grow up with that sentimental value that we talk about, you know, that sense of nostalgia right. that I want to say, I mean, it, it adds to these games. Like I'm like that way with Zelda and Sonic games, you know, I grew up with them. So I'm going to have different takes on them than you do. So diving into this game, I like, I love the universe. Like mm -hmm. I, I, I like that old, like old horror movie style feel where you're going into Dracula's castle to kill it like the the concept is very simple the controls are easy um i, I knew a little bit you know because I, I took your advice and i watched a couple of playthroughs and uh read some you know walkthroughs and whatnot so i could have a better idea of how to go about this game and i'm so glad that i did because mm -hmm. there are little nuances that i didn't know about that had i not i probably would have had a little bit more of a difficult time. Yeah. Well, one of the biggest ones for this game, and if you play this game and, and you didn't like it, if you go back and play this game with, with knowledge of, of some of the little tricks and hacks for this game, like number one, the holy water is so mm -hmm. overpowered in this game that if you have holy water and you manage, if you can keep it, if you can get used to going through the levels and not dying and you can make it to the boss with holy water, you can pretty much just walk through this game because the holy water, as long as you're using holy water, it, it's, it's, you, it, it makes the difficulty of the game from a 10, brings it down to about a 6. Yeah. It, it especially helped in the Medusa fight. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I made it a point, because in the walkthrough, it was like, keep the holy water. Yeah. For when you fight Medusa. So I did, and it was much easier. Mm. 
Because I, I did watch a, a playthrough of someone beating Medusa without it. And I was like, I could probably do it, but you know what? Mm-hmm. Why why chance it? Well, even with the Grim Reaper, you know, the Grim Reaper arguably is as hard, maybe harder, than Dracula, the final boss. Which Dracula's pretty hard, don't get me wrong. You gotta have... You gotta have, you know, specific strats to to beat him. But when it comes to the Grim Reaper, if you don't have the 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 holy water, that fight is almost impossible without it. And that's another one that I didn't chance it. <laughs> like I, I don't consider it cheating. I consider it strategic. Well, you know, I mean, so, it's a feature of the game. It's, you know, yeah. But a lot of people, they don't like to use the OP weapons because they yeah. say it makes the game too easy. Yeah. I look at it as strategy. Yeah. Like, is it overpowered? Sure. But it's a feature in the game. Yeah, they put but it why, in the why, game. Why, why not use it, you know? <laughs> yeah, why make, my, why make life harder for yourself by not using the most overpowered weapon in the game? Yeah. Absolutely. Um... One of the only few gripes that I have with the game, and it's very minor when you're... I notice this whenever you start playing it. Simon feels like he's got bricks in his shoes. Yeah. <laughs> you because you move so it. slow. Yeah, you, you do. And it, Castlevania is not the only platform game like that. Mm. But if you haven't ever played it, whenever you jump, it's like you sink like mm. a stone like that. Yeah, it's really hard to go to play Castlevania after playing games like Mario Brothers or, you know, even Ninja Gaiden where you can still you can jump and still kind of direct yourself in, in a, a certain ways, you know, to to reach platforms and stuff, but when it comes to Simon, he's like jumping a tank. Like when you jump, you're committed to that jump. There's no backing out or, you know, moving the 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 D-pad back in the other direction to go back where you came where you jumped from no once you jump that's it you're you're going if you jump right that's the direction you're going yeah there's nothing you can do about (laughs) it but like you said you get used to it it's interesting going back and playing games from that generation of how like the controls are so different Mm -hmm. than compared to how games are now but it's almost like muscle memory in a way like if i go back and play you know super mario world as compared to like a newer Mario game. Yeah. It's like I can, the back of my mind, I can still remember how to compensate for certain things. Don't ask me what I had for lunch two days ago because I can't remember <laughs> that, but I can remember little nuances of like Link to the Past, Mario World, well, and games just, like that. It's one of those games that, you know, you only have so many buttons to work with on the NES, but, and there were certain control schemes that were just felt, na- uh, felt natural. Like, especially when it came to things like using your sub-weapons, you know, like your your holy water and things like that. Like, you press up and hit B. Like, that's just, it's almost instinctual, if that makes any sense. Like, that's what it feels like it should be. And, and it's, you know, the, the, the it's based off the Mario controls. Like, A, A is to jump, B is to use your weapon, and you got your directional pad, and then to use your sub-weapon is up and B. Like, that's all you need to know for the game. And it's perfect. They didn't try to do anything weird. They didn't try to make the select button the you know it to do anything like sub-weapons or anything like that. It's just straight up, like, it feels like the controls are what they should be. Well, it, it complicates things, yet simplifies them 
at the same time because you only have certain buttons to work with you know what you have to do and you're like well on one hand i'd like to have more options but it's also nice to play something that's kind of simple yeah like you don't have to worry about you know like go up at an angle and then hit a and b at the same time yeah you know it's it's you have simple objectives and yet can be challenging but the the controls in this game are 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 very good you know they're they're simple they're clean minus the you know the jumping issue and you know simon feeling like he's got bricks in his shoes you can compensate for that fairly easily um i i like the weapon system it's very simple i mean you have your whip that you can upgrade you've got the um the other weapons you can find like you mentioned the holy water there's uh, knives axes there's the watch which i like the watch quite a bit as well yeah. Yeah, the watch and the holy water are really the only two sub weapons you really want because they're they're both very useful. The other ones, like the the throwing knife, doesn't really do much, so I always try to avoid it at all costs. I, I tried them out, but I found myself doing the same thing. I'm like the whip is just like it's so much easier to use; it's more effective. So I'll, I'll save the watch and the holy water for when I need them, mm. but. All you need for the most part is your whip. Mm -hmm. So it's it it's simple in that regard, but I I really enjoyed it. And I, I like the I, I like the graphics of the game too. Like it's colorful, but not. Like you've got like all the grays and mm -hmm. like the reds really stand out to me, really kind of emphasizing that kind of horror type of feel, which is really cool. Um I, I will say I made it to Dracula but I did not defeat him. Yeah. <laughs> because of that, and it's either going to be this weekend or next, I will be streaming it. You ha um, and the, the, the key to defeating Dracula is especially uh, try not to speed run it. You know, be very... No, no, no. You no. have to be very patient when it comes to fighting Dracula, and you have to jump uh, over the... Like, he... What he does is he appears and disappears on if nobody's ever played if you if for some reason you listen to his show and you've never played Castlevania and made it to Dracula, he disappears and reappears at different parts of the room. So you've got to constantly be moving, or he's going to reappear like right on top of you. So you try to re um, you try to get away from when he appears, and when he does, he opens up his cape, and three fireballs come out. You have to jump over the fireballs and be just at the right amount away from him to not only clear the fireballs, but also do the whip and hit him in the head. Now, he has 15 points, hit points at this point. So you got to do that 15 times. And then once you do that, his head flies off. Then you got to fight the gargoyle that he becomes. He has 15 more hit points, but the gargoyle is way more manageable because as long as you have, as long as you have the holy water, you just spam holy water on him and hit him in the face with the whip, and you're done. But that first part, that fifth, that 15 times hitting uh, Dracula in the face is just, it's just a, a waiting. It's just patience is all it is. Yeah, and that was kind of my biggest problem was that I'm usually a very patient gamer, but. For that instance specifically, I was getting a little too anxious, mm -hmm. and that's where I found myself dying. That's what I used so, to do all the time before I could beat it. I would just get way too 
anxious and try to hit him multiple times, you know, like, uh, and you just, you, you mess up. You just have to take the one hit when he does the, the three fireballs, just hit him the one time and then run, go to the other side of the screen. Just be patient. I find myself doing that with other games too. Like once you get to the final boss, it's like you try and get as many hits as you yeah. possibly can, even if you get hit a time or two. Mm-hmm. But then when that happens, chances are you're going to run out of life before the boss does. Yes. So that that's that's what happened with me. But you know, overall, like I, I do really like this game. I, I love the visuals. It, it almost plays out. And it's funny because we mentioned the animated series. It almost plays out like a movie. In a way, like it, it reminds me of a movie. Like it makes me want to see a live action Castlevania movie. Well, the, with, you know, this original yeah. game was based off of like, you know, the, the guys that programmed the game, the, you know, the people that programmed it and, and designed it were all fans of the old Hammer horror films, uh, right. you know, the 50s and 60s. Um, and they even pay homage to that in the, you know, the, uh, the, 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 the credits at the end of the game. Um, so, and then the game is set up like you, the very beginning, when you're walking to the castle, you see the, the film reels at, on the side of the screen. And then at the very end of it, it's the same thing. You see the film reels on the side of the screen, you see the, the credits and, and they pay homage to those old hammer horror movies. And that's really cool because you can see the influence, you know, it it made me think of like the classic you know, universal horror movies. Mm-hmm. So I, I would, I'd love to see, uh, like the, the series is great, but I'd love to see it in live action. I would too. <laughs> I, I, I think now with, you know, technology being the way it is and even practical effects being better than they were back in like the eighties and nineties, I, I would love to see a true live action Castlevania movie, release it around Halloween. And I think you could get, you get people to go. Just oh, don't yeah. cast Chris Pratt as Simon yeah. Belmont. <laughs> Who would you cast as Simon Belmont, or even Trevor Belmont, if they were to go the route of the uh, the the cart the anime on Netflix, which is Castlevania Three, basically? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, hmm, I'd have to think about that. I would. I would make Benedict Cumberbatch as Dracula, though. I think oh, would, that's brilliant! I think he'd make. A I would love good Dracula. <laughs> I love Cumberbatch as a villain. He plays a villain so good. But who could who could play Simon Belmont though? That's that's the question. It had to be a good British actor. Uh, it might be cliche to say Henry Cavill. Ooh, that's act. I think he would be a good Trevor Belmont. Yeah. Yeah. The, Joey like... says the rock. <laughs> I can't put the rock in everything. <laughs> uh the most electrifying vampire hunter in history. No, um no the I love the rock, but he's been in too much. Yeah. What's sad is I have little to no interest in seeing Black Adam. And I'm, I love the rock. I'm kind of the same way. Like I'll watch it, but Yeah. I'm not like yeah, Joey uh, said uh, if he was still alive, Brandon Lee, like Brandon Lee would make a pretty good Simon Belmont, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, yeah. I, I would have to think about it. Yeah, I would too. But I, I love the idea of Cumberbatch's Dracula. 
That's that would that, be perfect. That would have to be. Like, uh, who else? You know, you he get? he would own every bit of scenery that he would be in. <laughs> Ralph Macchio. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, with Martin Kovas Dracula. Yeah. There we uh, go. <laughs> no, the, the guy who plays Terry Silver is Dracula. Oh, that's not bad. He would make a pretty good Dracula, I think. He's an underrated actor. Like, he's yeah. he's good. He's I would watch good. it. Whoever Whoever's in it, I would watch it. Yeah, I mean, I would watch it regardless. I, I, I really hope, and I was reading an article about the Mario Brothers movie about there being more video game films. And that's why I want Mario to be successful as selfish mm-hmm. as it sounds. It means we'll get like a Castlevania movie potentially. But if they or, were to do Castlevania movie, I would want it to be rated R though. Yeah, it has to be. You, you could do it PG 13, but it wouldn't be nearly as good. Because you, you I mean, R. you look at the anime on Netflix and it's hard R like it is a gory, Yes. Very gory anime. And I want that for live action too. I want to see, you know, demons and blood and guts, and I want a pissed off Dracula. And eh, it would be so cool. I would watch it. I would watch that right now. Oh, I would too. Absolutely. But to get back to the discussion of the game, I mean, we've talked about the reception. I mean, it's. Very popular game, very well reviewed. Uh, since its original release, Castlevania has received a generally positive reception. Uh, Famitsu gave it a 34 out of 40. Computer and video games also gave it a positive review in 89, praising the huge playing area and lots of neat touches that would keep you engrossed for weeks. That's another thing I like about this game, too, is that it's not a short game. Mm-hmm. So you have you can spend a lot of time playing it which i really like and i I like how it's divided up into sections like there there are levels and then each level has a section to it it gives it like a big game type of feel definitely has a lot of replayability to it yes yes it does um as far as my thoughts in it i mentioned I, i i like the graphics i like the story i'm want to play the sequels more extensively now like i really like that universe I would give it, I'd say a solid eight out of 10. You know, I, I wouldn't give it higher. I didn't grow up with the game, so I don't have that nostalgic feel for it, but I do really like it. And as I mentioned, either, either this weekend or next, I'll, uh, I'll stream it. Awesome. Let everybody know. Well, um, next week, like I said, I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be reviewing Halloween, Haunted Halloween 85. That was uh, came out on the Switch a few years ago. It is a uh, uh, side-scrolling beat-em-up in the vein of uh, River City Ransom. And uh, I've been playing it the last couple of weeks. It's very good. And uh, if you're into really weird little beat-em-ups for the Switch that are 8-bit inspired, and it looks like something that would have came out on the NES. Like, it's not doesn't have any of the... It looks like an old game, but it plays like a new game. No, it straight up plays like an old NES game. So um, it's a very good game. I'm going to review that next week to continue Halloween Horror Month. Nice. And then in two weeks, I will review the original Resident Evil. Sweet. So we're going <laughs> to, I'm just going to keep diving into, into your franchises, my friend. Awesome. I like it. Yeah. 
But uh, but yeah, that's going to bring us to the end of the episode. And now I'm sad because we're at the end. Unfortunately. Yeah. That, that's that's what sucks about podcasting is that it has to end at some point. But uh, but I had fun tonight. This is uh, this was a good episode. Yeah. I was very looking forward to jumping back into Castlevania because it, it is definitely in my top ten best NES games. And it's weird because I, I, I started out when I was a kid. I played part two before I played part one. So I went from, you know, I, I played part two and I liked it, but I, ne- I never could finish it. And, I, I, you know, it was not linear. It was kind of hard to understand. And I still liked it anyway because I was a fan of those old horror movies. And then I went back and played the original Castlevania and it was such a different experience from what number two, what part two was. And from that day forward, it's been just one of my favorite games ever for the NES. Even though it's a little, like you said, controls are a little beefy, a little hard to, to get used to. But because he is so, like you said, he feels like he's got bricks for feet. But you get used to it. And once you get used to it, it's one of the best NES games out there. I would agree with that. I, I think it it's definitely belongs in that upper tier of NES games with Super Mario Brothers 3, mm-hmm. Legend of Zelda, Mega Man 2, you know, it's it's in that category. And if you're a fan of stairs, play Castlevania 3. That game is stairs the game. This is what that game is. Castlevania 3, <laughs> Stairmaster. Stairmaster. But uh, what's going on before we get out of here? What's going on with uh, feature presentation? Yes, yeah, so uh, Halloween Horror Month will continue on my show as well. I'll be chatting with uh, horror director Todd Sheets, who has been directing pretty much exclusively horror movies since the 1980s. So he's had a pretty long and extensive career in that, so he'll be joining the show to just talk about his career and horror movies in general. That'll be at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time tonight over on the Feature Presentation YouTube channel. And you can follow it on social media at Feature Press Pod. And uh, over on the uh, Open Micers podcast, a couple of weeks ago, we spoke to uh, comedian Ariel Elias, and which is awesome because I don't know if you've been following what happened this weekend. She got attacked on stage. Uh, somebody threw a beer at her. Uh, a Trump supporter threw a beer at her. It was caught oh, on God. tape, and she picked up the beer and chugged it. And she's been called, you know, she handled it like a boss, like a champ. It got retweeted by, you know, Jimmy Kimmel, uh, pretty much every known comedian, Pat Oswalt, Jim Gaffigan. So many people were re- retweeting it over the weekend. She's probably going to be on Jimmy Kimmel. She asked Jimmy Kimmel outright if she could make her late night debut on his show. And he said yes. So she's going to blow up here very soon. So go That's back crazy. to that episode, check it out. We talked to her uh, on episode 121 of the Open Micers podcast. Uh, go check her out. And then last week, we talked to Mr. Mike Evelyn, Jester himself, and uh, Jen Evelyn, his wife, Mike and Jen Evelyn, from the Innsmouth Rag podcast. We talked to them last week about our favorite horror movies to watch in October, and it was a fun episodes we got a lot of good stuff going on over at open micers at open micers on twitter and instagram and i think that's gonna do it Derek, are we ready to to call it an episode 
Yes, sir. Let's go ahead and get out of here. If I can play my music here. If you would like to email us, email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. We, uh, just go to nerdcaveretro.com. That takes you everywhere you need to go. All our links are there. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Most importantly, our merch shop is there. ncrmerch.com where you can go buy t-shirts, hats, stickers, uh, bags, magnets, whatever you need is right there, ncrmerch.com. Also from there, you can go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro, where you can give us money every single month to keep this show afloat, and we do those commentary tracks for you, and me and Mr. Wally Phelps do the the news dump every time there's news to be had. And if you can't do that, I understand. Leave us a review wherever fine podcasts are given away for free. So Derek, please tell them what it's all about. May the way of the hero lead to the Triforce. Yes. Wise man say, forgiveness is divine, but never pay full price for late pizza. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.